screwdriver. Make sure everything is where you want it. Reach up there and pull those belts tight one more time. Going green next time. Bye. This is the Scrubbing Tires Podcast. Howdy, howdy, everyone. This is the Scrubbing Tires Podcast back again with another episode this week, episode number seven, actually. So getting up there. As always, I'm your host, Brandon Hall, joined alongside Jacob and Jordan Smith of Smith Family Racing. And we're all pretty pumped to get this one kicked off. So, uh, Jake, George, tell tell them how you guys are doing and uh, you guys ready to get this thing going? Heck yeah, man. Doing really well. Uh, you know, had a great weekend and, you know, the rain uh, sucks, but, you know, it, it was in our favor this weekend. It even stayed though I, away. Yeah, even though I yelled at George with, about the R word last <laughs> week, it was a thumbs up. We still got racing in, so I'm doing pretty good right now. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a fun weekend. It was definitely... Uh worth going to the track and watching overall from the arc of race to everything that conspired through both races that happened there outside of that. So well, even, even the trains. So, uh, yeah, it was a fun weekend, long day, I would say on Saturday because of the For rain sure. and whatnot, but yeah, it was, it was awesome. So yeah, definitely looking forward to this podcast. Uh, this would be a very interesting episode. So stay tuned. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, we had a, a great weekend. Hope everyone listening did as well. Uh, we'll start out the episode uh, like always, and we just want to say thank you to each and every single listener that tunes in each and every single week, whether it's your first time, second time, seventh time, you're a diehard, whatever it is, thank you so much because if you don't listen, then there's no point in us making a podcast to listen to us three talk over and over. So uh, we'll, we'll start it off with some uh, shout out listener spotlights, and I'll uh, start us off here with uh, Dustin Garver. So uh, Dustin is actually uh, from Polkville, North Carolina, and that's where he listens each and every single week. Uh, he, he texts me, call, he calls me each week, tells us uh, what, he, what he likes, what he doesn't like. So I uh, appreciate that. And uh, we're actually going to get him out there on Jake's birthday on the 25th of September to watch him race. And uh, right. so, so, yeah, looking forward to getting Dustin out there. But thanks, buddy, for uh, listening in and uh, keep it up. All right. We are next... Uh... Shout out is going to go to the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Joe Starr. Um, he is the photographer for CNS, and he has been there, I think, since Jesus was there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we want to give a big shout out to you, Mr. Joe Starr. We uh, thank you. You got you do a wonderful work, um, you know, helping out with the track. Your photography has been absolutely amazing over the Outstanding. years. Outstanding, yeah. And you've, you've seen so much, and you have so much knowledge. And you also help out with the uh, Colorado Motorsports Hall of Fame. So we definitely appreciate all the hard work that you do within the motorsports community here in Colorado. So big shout-out to you. Thanks, Joe. And uh, our next uh, shout-out is to uh, Ian Clark. He helps out with uh, Heldon Brand in the trucks. Uh, he also races in the... Uh, Mile High Misfits and the IRMLRA. No, uh, yeah, Boom. on uh, iRacing. So he came up to us after the race and was chatting with us a little while, and he was just raving how awesome it is that we're doing this podcast and especially doing it for local racing. And he uh, listens in every listens in every week. So I appreciate you, buddy, for coming up to us. A meeting us. It was very nice finally meeting you. Um, but to give us some shout out and some kind words and that you listen and like listening to our podcast, uh, we thank you and keep supporting us and listening each week. Uh, everybody, not just you guys, but everybody that listens in. Thank you. Yes, sir. I, I second that and uh, appreciate everybody. And, uh, so with that, uh, we'll get into it. So like I said, uh, last week we have a special guest here, here in a couple minutes, but, uh, before that, well, we got to dive into some stuff and give uh, props to George for this next segment here, and we're going to dive into our 
each of us uh, our top five all-time NASCAR drivers in the Cup Series. So what we think and why. And uh, so we hope you like this segment. And uh, Jordan, since uh, you uh, got, got gave us this idea, lead us off, buddy. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. I saw a post put out by NBC Sports. Um, it was like the top 10 greatest NASCAR drivers of all time. They had an interest. I made it harder for us with top five. <laughs> I know, but it was really interesting, that list that they had right. put together. And so, yeah, I posed this question to everybody. And so I'm going to kind of lead us off. You know, I grew up, obviously, around racing ever since I was a little guy. That's all we, we've watched so many races over the years. And, you know, seeing all the history of it, um, kind of a little bit of a nut, kind of like Dale Jr. is, you know, the history of racing. Um, so my top five lists, I'm just going to kind of run through them and give a little bit of reasons why, um, coming in fifth, I'm going to go with Jeff Gordon. I mean, what can you say about Jeff Gordon? He's probably one of the most talented race car drivers to ever embrace a cup car and just overall in motorsports, he's kind of like, you know, he's the older version of Kyle Larson, you know, for all the new people, mm -hmm. um, you know, he started off in USAC and then worked his way up and then he you know, was going to try to make the jump to like Indy and do all that kind of sort of thing, but then got his opportunity driving through for Hendrick Motorsports, and then the kind of the rest is history. I think what's he have a total of 93 wins. I didn't look up his stats. I yep. should have done my homework. I think yep. he's got 93 wins, um, you know, four cup championships. Uh, the man is just an all-around amazing race car driver. So I'm going give, to give fifth place to Jeff Gordon. Uh, fourth place... Um, how could you not have this guy in your top five? Uh, David Pearson. I mean, he's second all time on the wins list, you know, and he raced in a time period where those cars were not easy to drive. I mean, he, you're just up on the wheel. I mean, we've talked about this in past segments and whatnot that, you know, those cars were just not easy to handle. You're manhandling those things. And for him to come out and, and do as well as he did, uh, David Pearson, I mean, you can't not think NASCAR and not think of David Pearson right up there at the top as far as all-time legends. Uh, number three, now you're getting into the top three here, and it kind of can go either way. But for me, I'm going to put down Jimmy Johnson. What that man did in a race car for so many years, five cup championships in a row, and then ultimately to get to seven to tie the uh, other two drivers, uh, it's it, it, um, remarkable. Let's just put it that way. Simply remarkable for him to win five in a row because they completely changed up the point system and he just kept winning and winning and winning and winning and winning and winning. And he was there for what good 10 years. He was unbeatable. I mean, mm -hmm. you just every track, no matter what you went to, Jimmy Johnson was going to be in the top five, it seemed like, or at least right there for uh, trying to get a win. So Jimmy Johnson, his seven cup championships, I really wish he could have got to eight. I remember watching that um, Homestead Miami race when they came down to that green white checkered and he took home and got that seven cup championship. I mean, I was never the biggest Jimmy Johnson fan until later on in his career. And I, I remember standing up and cheering for him. Like it was his first, you know, it was just pretty remarkable to be able to tie those other two drivers. It, it's just crazy. Uh, so I'm going to go with number three is going to be Jimmy Johnson. Number two, I'm going to go with the king, Richard Petty. Uh, 200 wins, seven cup championships. Now, granted, back in the day when he was racing, they were racing multiple times a week. But for him, 200 wins is still 200 wins in a cup car. I mean, you can't really 
that'll that's a record that'll never be broken in my book that is just an unattainable that's like the Wayne Gretzky of hockey that's just one of those things that you know he's just the god <laughs> like mm-hmm. you can't you can't not think of somebody that will be able especially nowadays that the cars are getting more and more advanced and drivers are you know more and more being the same you know it's 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 a harder competition all around but for his time period for what he did definitely definitely a top two driver of all time i mean even still he drove all the way up to what 94 95 something like that so from night in the 50s and 60s all the way up through that i mean that's a hell of a career it was coincidentally it was uh richard petty's last start was jeff gordon's first first yes that's right that is very true and number one for me it's got to be the intimidator dale earnhardt uh, praise, what, hell, praise dale brother what what else can you say about him i mean his not only from what he could do on the track but what he could do off the track too i mean he started the whole movement of you know drivers being able to brand themselves and you know making money outside of just the racetrack um you know his backstory going to being the rookie of the year following it up by a championship i mean not too many i don't think this has ever happened ever i don't think so no so and then he follows it up by seven championships you know, he's right up there. He's got what 90, 90 wins, I think, or 76, yep. 76, 76. That's right. 76 wins, seven cup championships and hit same thing as kind of Richard Petty. He started off in the seventies and, um, you know, drove all the way up until unfortunately that he passed away. I still think even when he was in year 2000 at age, what, 49, he was still winning races. I mean, not as frequently as what he wanted to but he was still winning races and i believe in 2001 had he not passed he still would have probably been fighting for a championship there and who knows if he would have gotten to eight but uh yeah that's my list jeff gordon david pearson jimmy johnson richard petty and then the man the myth the legend of dale earnhardt so uh jake what do you got well uh my list is pretty much exactly your list just switched around a little bit um i won't go into too many stats uh because you pretty much kind of announced all of them there but uh, I had David Pearson uh, as number five because, I mean, like you said, how can you not have him, you know, at least peeking into that top five, you know, with 105 wins in 574 races, you know, that's a pretty damn little good stat just in that self right there. This was another stat that kind of caught my eye is that of those 574 um, races, he had 301 top fives. Jeez. And he That's right. he finished well over 80% of his laps that he competed in. So, I mean, that's pretty damn good that, you know, he didn't have too many races where he didn't finish laps or finish the race. So uh, I thought that was pretty damn good. And, I mean, he's just a staple of racing and, and everybody knows him. So it's how can you not have him at least in your top five, top six? Um, I had Jeff Gordon as number four because, like you just said, his first race was Richard Petty's last race. And he raced from the 90s all the way up to, what, 2017? He even raced a little bit in 2018 when he filled in for Dale Jr. Dale Jr., yep. And, you know, and he, even though he didn't win any races, you know, filling in for Dale Jr., he was still competitive and still put the 88 in a couple of positions where I think he had finished a couple of top 10s um, filling in for Jr. And he hadn't raced uh, Indy, I think he'd finished top five at Indy, I think. Yeah, and he hadn't I been think. in a car in like over, well over a year. So, I mean, it just come right in and just like he had never left, you know. And uh, to race the cars in the 90s and then be competitive and then also race the cars of today 
and be competitive, that's pretty damn good. And to win what 90 some races, like you said, 94 races, uh, that's 93 races, excuse me. That's pretty damn good for how many cars he's driven. And then Jimmy Johnson, you know, how can you not have seven time, five time in a row champ Jim, Jimmy Johnson in there? He's got 80 some wins in there and uh, just was a dominant for five, six years in a row. And like you said, that that um, another interesting thing is about when he won that seventh championship, uh, he had never done better than I think top like 10th at Homestead in any race he had ever had at Homestead to that point. Cause even in the other championships he won at that track, he, I think his average finish was like 12th or 13th or something, but he had so many points ahead of second place that it was just, he had to finish the race, you know, top 15 to secure the win. So, you know, to go out and it's a make or break. Hey, I got to win this race to win this seventh championship. You guys aren't taking it from me to go and last three laps, just go out and race his mm -hmm. off and win that seventh championship. That's, I mean, nothing better than that. But then I had Richard Petty. I mean, how can you not have Richard Petty in the top two? I mean, 200 races, like George said, Wayne Gretzky of his time. And you have your little stat. I don't want to take your stat here, Brandon, but 555 top fives out of 1184 races. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. That's over. What is that's That's actually about 50% of the races. Yeah, say, don't make in. me do math live. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 50% of his races that he competed in, he was a top five. I mean, yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. It's unheard and of. then, yeah. And then my number one, how can you not Dale Earnhardt? I mean, like George said, he was a staple of everything that's happened in racing from when he first got in the car till today. And I mean, a lot of the things that even today that we still do with the cars is based around what Dale Earnhardt has put, uh, you know, his opinions in words in and, and things that have happened to him personally that they made the cars better. And, I remember a race, I think it was Talladega. He ended up flipping like two times down the back straightaway when he landed, got out of the car. They were trying to tow him. He said, no, get that damn car off that tow truck. It's still got four wheels on it. I'm going in and changing the tires. And he went and finished the race. I don't know sure how did. well he finished, but I mean, nowadays you don't see a guy driver doing that where he gets out, looks at it and jumps back in and drives back to the pits. So that, that guy was in a league of his own right there. So yeah, that's, that's my top five. So, uh, Brandon, what you got? Yeah, so mine's pretty similar, and uh, I, honest to God, I didn't look at your guys's before I did mine, and uh, <laughs> they're all pretty similar except for one. It seems like uh, the order's a little bit uh, different, but so my number five is Kale Yarbrough. So the reason I didn't put uh, David Pearson in there, and there's no disrespect to the Pearson family, anything, but Kale was was just one of those guys, one of those true grit, tough sons of bitches, you know that he was in there and. I, I got a couple stats here. He was he's one of the only two minus Jimmy Johnson to win three consecutive. Obviously, Jimmy won five, but three consecutive from seventy six to seventy eight. And then he also holds the the polls the the record for most polls in a season in nineteen eighty with fourteen of them. I mean, yep. it's an incredible. And if you look at his laps led right up there with the, it's more than Dale, more than. Um, I think second to Richard, I think is what it is, but it's 31,556 laps led Kelly Yarbrough throughout his, his race. Laps. Yeah. And it's half the races that uh, Richard Petty was in. So Damn. incredible. Yeah. Incredible there. So he's not my number five. Number four seems like we were all kind of there on Jeff Gordon. 
hell of a racer. Um, I think he, he could still jump in and, and get it done today. Uh, but we've kind of beat, beat him up there at, at four. So, and then Richard Petty was my number three. Again, I love the guy, uh, still out there, you know, doing it, going to the racetracks when he can with the whole COVID thing. But, uh, I really wish that Richard Petty motorsports as a whole would do better. Um, but they're just not quite there. Hopefully they do get there in the future, but super, uh, super nice guy. It seems like, and yeah, I mean, 200 wins, seven championships, something like George said, I don't think will ever be accomplished again. And I hate to say it, but the only one I think that would ever come close would probably be Kyle Busch. And I hate to say that really, it's like, uh, no. yeah, throwing a dagger <laughs> through my heart, but I don't think, you know, cause Kevin Harvick, Tony Stewart, those guys are kind of on the downhill side. So I don't know, but it'll be cool to, to watch if it can happen. So with that, Jimmy Johnson is my second and like Jordan pointed out, Jimmy Johnson went through all of the changes in the late 2000s or the early 2000s to the late 2000s with all the changing of the cars, the car of tomorrow. That was god awful. I mean, that team just never skipped a beat and they were just always there. You know, they didn't win every week. I mean, they won a lot, but they didn't win every. Yeah, they were consistent mm -hmm. and they just knew how to come together at the end of the year. So five championships in a row, like George said, seven total incredible career it, you know he's trying the the indycar thing out uh, more power to him um just a hell of a guy on and off the track very humble he never heard a bad interview from the guy even when he was pissed off so respect to him jimmy johnson's my my second and uh of course like you guys said dale earnhardt how could you not and it's not just you know he doesn't have the most wins he only has 76 wins i mean hell mm -hmm. jeff gordon has 93 but it's like i put in my notes here if you and i'm not speaking like i was on the track but it, hearing other drivers in their interviews about Dale and sharing stories with him. If you saw that black number three or even the the blue and um, yellow Wrangler car, whatever it was that he drove, IROC, whatever, if you saw him in your mirror, you're going to drive different, bottom line, mm -hmm. because yeah. you're no more looking out the front windshield. You're looking in that mirror because he, you know he would move you or he'd scare the shit out of you enough that you'd get out of the way. Yep. Yeah. And, and I mean, it was the best of them. Uh, anybody he drove, championship contenders, if he was behind you, you drove Jeff. And I would like to, you know, if, if a NASCAR driver that raced with him said any different, I'd call him a liar because that's just how it was. And if you have that, like his name, the intimidator, if you have that intimidation factor and you can move people without touching their bumper, that's something to be said. And yeah. like I said, the man branded the, the marketing side of it. I mean, he was just building an empire. And I mean, it was so tragic, you know, we won't get into that, but it's so tragic to not only see him pass, of course, first and foremost, but what he was building was going to be, I guarantee you, if, if it wasn't him, it was going to be one of the three DEI guys winning the championships through the early 2000s, not just 2001, mm. but early 2000s. So, yeah, um, that's, yeah. And I mean, we, we praise him and there's a reason why, and like you, uh, Jake, you have the number three sticker on your truck. I have yep. two cutouts of him here in the, in the, in the room that we do all this. I mean, you don't see... Jeff Gordon stickers. You don't see Kelly Arbrough stickers. You, you see that number three and what that signifies. It's it's a brand, right? So yep, yep. That's, uh, I think that's enough said on Dale. But yeah, good segment, guys, and, and good for bringing that up, up Jordan. I, I enjoyed that one. Yeah, me too. That was a good one. Do you have freight you need moved? Do you own a trucking company and want to join a premier partner? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then go check out our friends at Headwall Logistics. Headwall Logistics offers contract freight, flatbed and hotshot trucking, expedited services, and so much more. Dave and Steve Peak are your guys in the logistics business and will take care of you by treating you like family, not just a customer. Contact them today by calling 
719-789-1379. Again, that's 719-789-1379 and tell them the Scrub and Tires podcast sent you. I guess we'll uh we'll kind of segue into our next segment here a lot of racing going on this weekend that we kind of witnessed we were there at uh carl international speedway this weekend so we're going to give our cns weekend recap so this saturday this last saturday i should say july 31st we had the arca menards series west colorado 150 you had the arca cars the late models the gams and then the, the trains uh we're gonna lead us off here with the uh recap of the late models so brandon what do you got for us yeah so it uh, actually a lot of them turned out i was looking to see i can't remember how many i said actually showed up but uh yeah, so your quick time, uh, you had the number 98 of Lee Kemet with a quick time of 17.093, so pretty good lap there. He's from Brighton, and outside pole was the number 31 of Rick Smith. We were kind of pitted by him, so good to see him out there. Uh, his time was a 17.295, and he's from Gary, Nebraska, so another guy making that trip down. So uh, moving into your slow dash, you had the number 99 of Sam Messerly from Thornton. Uh, taking the win in that one, followed by our our boy Kyle Morse in the number 94 from good old Peyton, Colorado, took second. And then coming in fourth was the 17X of Mariah Bordeaux, who's a rookie. And uh, I'll let George speak on this, uh, I believe, later. She actually started in the Arca Series that night, so pulling double duty there. And then uh, number 58 of Bryce uh, Winemaster, he's also a rookie from Brighton, uh, rounded out to your top five in the slow dash. And then in the fast dash, yeah, the number six R of Tommy Rowe coming in first from Thornton. Number 31, Rick Smith uh, coming in second. Number 16 of Steve Mills from Colorado Springs in third. Number four, or excuse me, number eight coming in fourth uh, of Dan Alma from Colorado Springs. And the n- number 98 of Lee Kemet coming in fifth to round out your fast dash for the night. And then in the feature, I'll start backwards this time. Number 33 of Christopher Buskirk. From Bayard, Nebraska, another guy making a, a trip down, finished fifth. The number 98 of Lee Kimmett finished fourth. Number 31 of Rick Smith finished third. The 6R of Tommy Rowe finished second. And your feature winner was the number eight of Dan Alma from Colorado Springs. So good job, Dan. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I was just going to point this out. We actually, I think we went to school with a Chris Bud Kirk, Bus Kirk, didn't we, Jake? Well, we went to college with a Chris Bus college, Kirk yeah. in Houston, Montana. So if he all of a sudden moved to <laughs> Bayard, Nebraska, and Nebraska. became a race car driver, I would be very surprised. Yeah, and if he didn't <laughs> hit us up, I'd be pissed. Exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, that's you. If you went to school in Montana, hit us up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I highly doubt it, but that's funny. yeah. And I will, I'll end on uh, this uh, pretty crazy deal that happened to uh, Kyle Morse's car. It sounded like he posted on K&K Racing the built-up rubber in the in the right front brake when he came in the pits. That's what that uh, fire was. So he was pitted right next to us for everybody that don't know. And uh, we were kind of putting up the trailer from the GAM race. And uh, he comes in there, and the right front's just completely on fire. And he stops. And George's like, hey, you're on fire, buddy. And I screamed at Jake to get the fire extinguisher. <laughs> and actually had to use it for the first time outside of training in my life. So uh, pretty uh, not cool to see that, but glad we got it out. Yeah. Yeah. And Kyle, if you had to do a little extra cleaning on your car this weekend, <laughs> uh, we apologize for that. We yeah. just want to make sure you didn't catch on fire. So yeah, yeah, I messaged him. <laughs> Everything's all good, and I told him I tried to stay off the motor. So all good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right, Jake, what do you got for the games, buddy? Yeah, so it was a a good weekend. We had a pretty good car count. Uh, let me back up here. We had fifteen. No, that's not uh, correct. Excuse me. 
I didn't have my full There's more than notes 15, here. I think. Uh, no, we had 13 total. So yeah. it was a, definitely a good turnout for us. Uh, I know there were still some cars that weren't there. Uh, the 17 of Holly Clark, she was out in California for her junior late model that she runs. So I, I didn't see any updates for her, but I hope she did well this weekend. Um, so there were, was a couple cars that were did miss, but we still had a pretty darn good turnout, especially uh, with the rain possible there. But a couple things to comment on that, but uh, or the race in general, but we'll get back into that here in a second. But our qualifying here, we had the 13 of Darren Clark. He always seems to be top five, top three qualifier. He's got a quick car. He's from Cheyenne, was your quick time winner, followed by the 24 of Nathan Gasser, which he still ran a 17.024 for drilling. And I mean, oh, yeah. he drilled that wall. He drilled that wall. I was pulling up to uh, qualify right after him and, um, I can't remember who else was out there qualifying with him, but he smoked that wall trying to get a little extra time because he said he screwed up his first lap. So it was good at least that he didn't have that much damage to where he couldn't race the feature. So he got his car fixed up and still able to continue on. So uh, he was second with a 17024. Uh, Kyle Clegg, the 51, 17027. So pretty close there from second to third. They did the nine of CJ Wilson getting better each week uh, with a 17.043 and round out your top five qualifying the O or the zero car of Ron O'Neill with a 17.106. And I think, I don't know why, but we, our time didn't get posted on the um, race monitor, but I think we ended up with like a 17.5 or something. I totally screwed up our qualifying run there. I was trying to overdrive it. And, but anyway, uh, so the dash, uh, First dash of the night. Finishers were here in six, or excuse me, in six. The 41 of Eric Voss, uh, fifth, the six of Scotty Scott, one of the new guys out there with a pretty darn good looking car. That's a good looking race car. Yeah, it's a great looking race car. Uh, he normally races the legend cars, so it was pretty cool that he got a mod out and is racing that. And then I finished fourth, uh, 89, and third was 84 of Aaron Paulson. Second was Jim Douglas in the two car, and the Heat one winner was the 82 of Justin Carroll. And then our fast dashers finishing six was the 37 car of Landon Burney, followed by the number nine of CJ Wilson in fifth. Fourth was the zero car of Ron O'Neill. Third, Kyle Clegg, the 51. Second, Darren Clark, the 13. And your heat winner, 24 of Nathan Gasser. So again, like we said, getting his car fixed up from hitting the wall, going out and winning the heat race, uh, pretty darn good. And then the feature, uh, you know, again, this week, second lap, a little bit of an incident. You know, I won't go too much into comments. You know, everybody's got their opinions out there. And, you know, a lot of things ha could have been prevented and that happened. But nonetheless, a little racing incident where on lap two, I want to say the 13 and the nine, uh, we're battling for, well, I think, like third or fourth. Uh, got into each other. However, it happened, caused a little bit of an incident up front. And then it was just kind of a ripple effect all the way into the back and people trying to dodge out of the way. And a couple cars got collected in that mess. But luckily, nobody got hurt. That's the biggest main thing that uh, comes out of any wreck is we just hope nobody gets hurt. We have ended up avoiding it. Got a little bit into the 84 car. Sorry about that, Aaron. You know, you got into the nine and got some pretty good damage where both of you could not finish. So sucks that that happened we're really sorry you know we hope that you guys both come out to the next race but like we said it's a racing incident and just kind of move on from there but the feature winner was we'll start backwards here the fifth place finisher was the tim of jim douglas followed in fourth by the zero car ron o'neill third was 37 landon bernie so he's getting seems to be getting better and better each week 
Uh, second place was the 51, Kyle Clegg, and your feature winner. Man, I don't know what he did to his race car. He was hauling ass, and just nobody had anything for him Saturday night, the 24 car of Nathan Gasser. So with the luck that he's had this year of, of I think, what, four motors that he's blown this year? Yeah. Whatever poor has guy. happened to him. Poor guy. And, and for him to, A, finish the race, but B, win the race in that sort of dramatic fashion, you know, hats off to you, Nathan. So good job, buddy. Congrats on your win. And, um, you know, looking forward to uh, getting out there in a couple of weeks to get out there and do this again. So uh, that's it for the GAMS. Uh, Jord, what do you have for the trains and the ARCA cars? So for the trains, I don't have any list of names for the trains. I don't think they – did they post the uh, stuff for the winners yet? Um, I, yeah, reached, the, I reached uh, out to, I reached out to Mark. Oh, okay. Because uh, I reached out to Mark Bremkamp. Thank you again, Mark, for uh, helping us out with the uh, with the names in the list for the, at least the ones that don't have transponders. Uh, he's he said he's not sure of the name of the train that won, but I do remember watching the race, and it was the white train. It was a new yep. one, I do believe. And the driver for that train, his name is Mike Stewart, took home the trains race. That was it had another red flag during that that race. <laughs> That's two weeks in a row now that I've never seen red flags in, until just recently so but they always put on a good show it was pretty entertaining there was a new one out there um so it's good to see that they're gaining more and more trains i remember back in the day where shoot you they blow that was, horn and there'd be like 30 trains coming out there they were like they were lined up to get on the track yeah they would be <laughs> lined up halfway around coming into like all the way past turn two and whatnot and you're just like holy crap are they ever gonna stop and yeah maybe three so, wide lining up that way yeah, too. They, would, they would so it, it, it was always fun the trains are always fun my kids are, love the trains so i'm sitting there and the late model race was over with and the, you know they blow the big air horn for the trains to come out and my daughter comes running up the trains are coming the trains are coming i was like oh crap she's let's go watch so we run up there and we're hustling and get down and she's just ear to ear grin so of all the all the spectators she could care less about any of the other races so i'm <laughs> yeah, trying to get her to watch the race. <laughs> yeah she don't even care about her uncle's race she's like ah whatever oh look down dirt so <laughs> yeah. so but yeah at least she gets some entertainment from that but um so we'll move along to the arca race i thought it was a pretty damn good race overall um it started off uh they they missed qualifying and practice due to the rain so they did the lineup based on car owner points so you had uh, the 13 car was out front leading the way and then got into 150 laps. Uh, a couple cautions, one caution real early, about halfway through, poor Mariah Boudreau. She ended up spinning out, but she did, she did pretty well. I think yeah. for her first time, they said that she'd never even her first time was going to be in practice ever being in the car. And then they skipped it and then qualifying skipped it. Can't even imagine. So, I can't even imagine how hard that would be too. I mean, those cars are so heavy and so much horsepower in those things. So hats off to her. I thought she did a phenomenal job for that young lady to get into those cars under those circumstances. And against this talent of drivers that they have in this lineup, uh, shoot, what's the average age? It's like 17 or 16, say, something yeah. like I, that. You just see 16, 15, 17, 18. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just all a bunch of kids. And they did a, they all did a hell of a job. I mean, just watching them go balls to the wall, you know, putting on a damn good show, I thought. So uh, the 16 car of Jesse Lowe pretty much led the race 
um, all the way up until like the last 20 laps. The nine car, Jake Drew, he was right up there. That's who I had picked to win was the nine car. Um, Cole Moore, who I believe uh, Chris Eggleston was spotting for, the 99 car, the Napa Premium Power Plus, uh, what is it, the Toyota. Camry. Yeah, they're the Toyota car. So uh, came down to tires. Really, ultimately, uh, Jesse loves. It sounded like he lost his tires a little bit there late in the run. Uh, it was pretty remarkable for me because I'd never actually watched an ARCA race there. I've never actually been at the track while this is going on. So this Same was here. totally blown away by this, that they were able to run 150 laps on one set of tires. Yeah. And one and one, one tank of fuel. Set of fuel. Now, tank of fuel. One tank of fuel. So definitely come into play that they had to – be on their marks and save tires and everything. But ultimately it came down to uh, the number 54 of Joey Lest taking home the win. So your top five finish out the Colorado 150 was the number four car coming in fifth place was Eric Nassimetto. Then fourth place was a 99 of Cole Moore. Third place was a nine of Jake Drew. Second place was a 16 of Jesse Love. And first place was, yes, the 54 of Joey West, Joey Lest, and that was his first win. So congrats to him, and they. I'm looking forward to coming back next year and definitely watching that again. I'm hoping a couple of the other bigger names come out. You know, I know that they had a, another race for the ARCA Series had at Winchester Speedway, so I know that a lot of those guys ended up going there because that's a pretty badass track. So, uh, that, But, yeah. See the uh, two Japanese drivers that were in, in the field. Yeah, well. that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good for everybody to kind of get that attention and coming over and stepping up. Yeah, Takuma Koga and Hiroyuki Uno. Man, perfect. Uno, I, I think yeah, so. I'm glad I you think said that because I, <laughs> I was sweating there for a second. <laughs> well, but, I think that that thirty-eight car, the Hiroki, he actually ended up getting into uh, an incident where I think a car was trying to pull off the track and he. Uh, Ended up kind of rear-ended him trying to get out of the way as he's trying to get off the track, but still got on the pits, got got the car fixed up and finished the race. You know, he didn't finish great, but I thought that was pretty good that got in, got the car fixed up, and still went out there to race, try to finish the race. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, hell of a yeah. job, DNS, for getting those guys and gals in there and hell of a show and can't wait till next year. Heck yeah. Yeah, and, and to top that off real quick, um, just so everybody locally, um, yeah, M- Mariah Boudreaux, she did finish 13th. So for her... To come out in her very first race, being in those cars, to come in 13th, I I was pretty proud of her. So that's a, yep. that's a round of applause for hers. And then she yep. came off the track. I remember standing in our pit and her coming over there. They, she parked the car and then ran down to the late models. And you could just see the exhaustion on that poor girl. She was just like peeled over, hands on her knees, just like. <laughs> yeah, 200 laps she ran. <laughs> I, yeah. She, she was, it was pretty remarkable. I know I'd be dying. I'd probably yeah. lose about 30 pounds, which I could probably <laughs> yeah. use. But no kidding. So, yep. So there we go. There's the highlights for CNS this weekend. Looks like for the next race, which is going to be this Saturday, August 7th. It's always pretty cool. Uh, local radio show loves CNS, loves sponsoring races. Uh, they do a lot of stuff for CNS as well. So we're going to have the KB, KBPI Rocks the Rockies race this weekend. It's going to be featured with the Pro Trucks, Legends, Bandoleros, Democross. And during the halftime of the race, they're going to have the circle drags. Um, that's pretty cool. If you ever wanted to, as a fan, get on the uh, racetrack, especially with your own street car, definitely take a look on CNS's website. Circle drags, you basically enter your name, you go out there, you race against one other person, you do like one, two laps, and then one lap. You, yeah, one, one lap, lap, you pull off. So 
if you ever uh, have aspirations of maybe just getting on the track and just seeing what it's like, definitely look into that. But the, that's pretty cool that uh, KBPI comes out and does that. And Willie B, he gets out on the track and announces all the people for that. So it's pretty cool that that radio name gets out there and does this stuff. So that is our next race. I would, for this say, uh, I would say I'd get out there with my truck, but I think it would tip over in the corner. Actually, Tr a lot of trucks do go out there. They don't fare very well because no, of not. that. But <laughs> it, unless it you had a turbo fun. diesel, that'd be different. Nope, definitely yeah. not. It's a grandpa truck. It just looks cool. <laughs> hey, if you're not looking good, you never will do good. Exactly. Well, yeah, you're damn right. <laughs> I'm waiting for somebody to roll up in a souped-up lawnmower or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got one sitting in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's yeah, do it. I, we would definitely lose. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey you know what you'd get a lot of fans coming up to you and saying how cool that was to see a lawnmower out there though yeah we could uh Maybe. we could definitely make that happen <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's uh step right up here into the next one here we're gonna get into our special guest feature for the evening so as we talked about last week we have a special guest and it is our father and we're gonna go ahead and introduce uh cheating chuck smith and hopefully we get into that a little bit here as to why you're named cheating chuck smith so yeah take it away dad introduce yourself well, I'm uh, Chuck Smith Jr. Um, for all you guys out there in the old days, um, raced on the dirt and into the asphalt and from the 80s and the 90s, um, basically a couple of decades there. And uh, I kind of want to give a shout out before we get started here. I know they've got a couple of listeners um, that I, uh, Mike Gigenbacher for one, who used to be one of my sponsors for my entire career and very good friend and uh another good friend of mine that i know is listening in after talking to him this weekend is uh a good friend is uh joe star so i want to say hi to those guys and uh we'll get started here yeah heck yeah we actually uh we gave joe star a little bit of a shout out earlier today so you got it again joe <laughs> so all right so kicking off the questions i'm gonna go ahead and get us started here uh, there's so many different things that I, I know the answers to, and I know that there's, we could go this way, a hundred different avenues. But first question I'm going to ask is what inspired you to start racing? Um, growing up in Wisconsin, you kind of live, breathe racing. Um, the tracks, um, I, that are back there are, are, were so plentiful in, in my day of growing up and we we would go to racetracks on four or five nights a week, um, you know, from Slinger to Hales Corners and uh, State Fair Park, growing up watching USAC midgets and sprint cars and stock cars and going out to the track at State Fair. I used to take pictures and stuff and just got into it. My dad raced when I was very young and I used to go with him to Hales Corners a uh, little track in, in Milwaukee, just outside of Milwaukee. And, you know, just that point of being around it, smelling it, breathing it, feeling it, it, it going to those races all my younger days, you know, just I had to do it. <laughs> yeah. So, and then being at like right so close to the Milwaukee mile. And how many times did you jump the fence and get into the, <laughs> get into the races? Yeah. Yeah. We want to hear the good stuff, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, uh, you know, when I was at the Milwaukee Mile, my, my cousin was the um, head photographer for Midwest Racing News. And 
that was a big newspaper uh, back in the day. And he would give me a, a pass and uh, gave me a camera and said, here, get out there. You know, I'm about 11, 12 years old and get out there and take pictures. And with the photographer pass, you could pretty much go anywhere on the racetrack you wanted other than get out there on the track. Um, you know, you could get up close-ups in the turn. I mean, in the, in the straightaways. And I, I've got a lot of pictures of, you know, guys like AJ Foyt and Man. Dave Marcus and, um, my idol, um, Dick Trickle, uh, in the 99 car. In fact, I, one of my cars, my, my very last year I ran was the 99 number. And I actually dedicated that number in that year to Dick Trickle. So, um, you know, it was a, it was a good time. I mean, you do all that kind of things and you're around it so much, live it and breathe it that, you know, you know, nothing else. And that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Well, and it turned out pretty well for you, yeah. but, um, so I know that over the course of your career, growing up through the eighties and the nineties, uh, you know, driving different cars and whatnot, and you got to experience it on a national level. Uh, with the IMCA series, right? Back in what, like 94, 95? Uh, that, yeah, it was like ni- the, well, from like 92 to 95. 92, 95? Yeah. So, so of all the traveling you did back in the day, what was, the most, what was the most fun track that you got to race at? And what was the most challenging track that you ever got to race at? Um, the most fun track I probably had was uh, Slinger. Um, going to Slinger, uh, you know, seeing it the other night on tv with the srx uh guys racing there and how they were saying you know oh my god the banks and and you it's unbelievable it's a little mini uh daytona and and it really is it's it's like you get out there and it's you know left turn uh, left turn uh, left turn and you're in the bankings on that track so i i'd say that's probably my most fun uh, track to race on um the one that really took a lot to kind of get to know was uh i-70 speedway in missouri um which i believe it's uh, a dirt track now yep it's dirt track now they re- just reopened it yeah and it was closed for a few years but um at the end of the year i would uh, miss the banquet because we just went down to Missouri and race I-70, and that was a, a big five-ace mile and high bank turns there also. And, and uh, I can remember uh, the first time I went there, they put these huge, kind of, they were like eight foot by 10 foot, eight feet high uh, styrofoam blocks on the turns. And I was like, oh, what's this all about? And then uh, during practice, a guy spun out going into three and hit the styrofoam box and it looked like it was snowing (laughs) i mean it was styrofoam everywhere but uh you know it saved the car um normally they would sail actually sail out of the track and and you were you were done i mean the car they picked it up with a with the tow truck by the top of the roll cage put it on your trailer and the car would be destroyed but well there was no fences there right Uh, in the turns well they had a wall but the I mean, you're going so fast, you know, and the banking is, I, I don't know what the banking is, but you couldn't walk up the banking. Let's put it that way. Damn. Um, that was that much. I, I want to say it was 
probably at least 30, maybe 33 degrees of banking on that racetrack. And, you know, so when you're sliding up that turn, you hit the wall, it's, you're going over it. I mean, um, so that's why they, and that's actually one of the first things that they came up with as far as safety wise. And that's why you see like in the, in the NASCAR tracks today, you see them styrofoam blocks behind those walls. That's safer safer barriers now, you know, because of that. And, we just didn't put them behind the wall. You were in front of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Took a half hour for him to clean the track. Up, but, uh, that was probably the most challenging track that I went to was that one. It, uh, a lot of guys actually going to that track. And, you know, once he got used to it, it wasn't too bad. But uh, it, it, it's a pretty good track. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of upset it, they went to dirt with it. And, you know, that it's still not an asphalt track where we could travel to now you know so yeah yeah well so we kind of gave a little bit of a preview to our listeners last week about one of your traveling experiences (laughs) so do you want to give us the full story about how you and uncle andy ended up at with a motorhome full of a mentally ill yeah well (laughs) i don't know if you've got enough time on your show here to go through all the incidents that happened I, I was thinking about it tonight and I was like, man, I better write this down. It, it, there were 20 things that, you know, happened on such a wild trip, you know, but um, uh, your grandpa had a uh, 74 Winnebago and the trailer that we had was actually uh, just a regular trailer with a toolbox and a tire rack on top of it. So the car was, you know, outside, people could see it and everything. And we left Colorado and, uh, it was both Andy and my brother, Donnie and, uh, another friend of mine, Woody and myself. And we just, you know, we're heading to Cedar Rapids. Um, I think, uh, it was actually where race where uh, a couple of guys went from Colorado. Um, Vecherelli went and, um, Greg Carroll and myself. So we had a few guys that were there and we were all trying to meet there at the same time, but unfortunately, uh we had driving down the highway um our first incident the uh a guy's pulling up next to me and he's pointing and get over get over you know pull over and he's about running into me you know and i'm like (laughs) and he's like you better pull over something's going on so he pulls over we get out of the motorhome and you know like what's up what's what what's going on and uh your bumper fell off (laughs) and i'm like what (laughs) <laughs> so sure enough, we go back to the back of the motorhome, me and, Aunt, and uh, Andy, and the bumper is hanging on by a thread, basically from the license plate wiring, just you know one wire, and it's underneath the trailer, and it's blowing sparks all over the highway. And... Who's drafting you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so you know, we we pull the bumper out from underneath, and I was like, well, I, I'm like let's just throw it in a ditch. You know, I mean, what do we need the bumper for? Cause the trailer hitch was connected to the frame. So thankfully, uh, yeah, no kidding. Um, but, uh, Andy's like, no, we do that. You know what dad's going to do to us. We don't come home with that bumper. So, <laughs> all right, well, we throw it up on the top, strap it down and all right, let's go again. You know, let's hit the road here, you know? And so I think by that time we had gotten into Nebraska and um same thing and here comes this guy hauling 
butt down the highway. He like almost runs into me. I mean, literally he was almost banging the car up against the front of the motorhome there against the wheel, pull over, pull over. I'm like, now what, you know, come on. So we pull over and he stops and we're like, I don't, I don't, and he's like, you notice anything? I was like, no, the bumper's on the roof. You know, I mean, unless <laughs> it fell off again, maybe the front one, you know, whatever. But he goes into his um, trunk and he pulls out an extinguisher and he runs over, whips the motorhome door open. You're on fire. You know, I'm like, what? And he's like, you're on fire. He's ready. To, I mean, he's ready to get this extinguisher going. I think that's all he wanted to do was fire up this extinguisher. <laughs> that's Brandon with the uh, Kyle Morrison. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Yeah. Just let's go. I got to put a fire out here. You know? Uh <laughs> So we, you know, I was, he said, it's coming from underneath, you know? And so he was going to go back outside and he was going to spray down the motor home, you know? And I, so I popped the cover off me and Annie popped the cover off and the motor was getting so hot that it literally melted the valve cover gaskets and, and oh. oil was dripping out the back of the motor onto the exhaust. So when the droplets hit the exhaust, they right. was, you know, you were dropping fire balls down. <laughs> And then me, so me and Annie are looking at it, and all of a sudden I see him crawl underneath. I was like, "No!" By the time I said, "No," <laughs> that fire extinguisher going. I'm like, oh, "It's in the motorhome. I mean, it's all over the carpet, you know." And we had a hell of a time, like getting them just to stop. Actually, I think Annie ran out there and pulled the guy out from underneath the motorhome, you know, to get him to stop. It's, it's that, like we get it. It's yeah. like the, it's like the movie Vacation, but racing version. Yeah. I was just thinking that in my head. <laughs> yeah, and that's just the beginning of it, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> so, you know, by then I I'm like, wow, well, you know, we better check the radiator, and sure enough, it's it's low on water, and we see look on the front a little bit, and we can see some water dripping down. I'm like, oh great, you know, we got you know some maybe some pinholes or something in the radiator. So we had a little bit of water with us, so we poured it in, got it going, you know, and we started heading down the highway, and we finally got as far as into Iowa, just on the border, basically, and it's heating up, and I told Andy, I was like, we got we to gotta pull over and get some water. I'm I, almost positive. I could tell when it was starting to run out of water. I could just watch the temperature gauge. So... He goes, oh, get off the highway right now. There's a, there's a building over there. And I said, all right. So we get off the highway. <laughs> I turn down, get onto the frontage road. And this, you know, I don't mean to be uh, uh, a mean guy or say anything not politically correct, but a, uh, I don't know, mentally ill person, hospital patient, yeah. you know, yeah. patient, hospital. patient. And before we even got there and this guy is running down the frontage road next to the right next to the motorhome just yelling at us <laughs> and i'm like what's he yelling at us he goes i don't know i don't understand him you know i just keep going you know and he's he's running after us and he follows us all the way down about two three blocks we pull into this thing and and i didn't realize it, none of us did that it was a you know a mental uh hospital and for mental patients and so I said, well, after seeing that guy and I see another one pulling up on the lawnmower, he's cutting the lawn. He pulls up into the rocks and rocks are spitting all oh, over no. the place. And <laughs> I'm like, all right, you guys stay in the motorhome, protect the motorhome. I'm going to go look for water. 
So <laughs> I get out and I can't find anybody. And pretty soon half the patients, I think in the hospital, cause we had the car up on that open on that trailer and they come a running. I mean, they're out of the <laughs> hospital. They're everywhere. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Where are we? It's not every day you that know? they get a race car in their front drive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, they're all, you know, and they were excited. They want to see what was going on. You know, it's like, you know, so I finally find a, a, a groundskeeper guy and I was like, I'm looking around, where can I get some water? And he goes, well, back over here on the side of the building, but I got to get the key. And I'm like, what do you mean you got to get the key? Well, it's locked up. We keep the water locked up because the mental patients come out and they turn the water on. And I'm like, and leave it. <laughs> and I'm like, really? <laughs> oh, no. Wow. Everything there was locked up. So I go ahead. I got a couple of five gallon jugs with me and, and I get, go over, get the, get the water. And I come back and there are the entire motorhome is surrounded. The race car, <laughs> there's guys climbing into the race car. Oh, no. I get in the motorhome. There's probably 15 mental patients in the motorhome and he's freaking out i don't know what to do i don't know grab him a beer you know uh what do you do you know so i finally i ran back out got the groundskeeper hey i need some help here i can't i don't know i don't want to be mean or anything but you know how do we get these people out of my motor room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so so he came over he helps us and you know we got him out and you know we waved at him and you know let him check it out you know because they had never seen anything like that i'm sure you know so uh got the got the water back in it and i said let's go you need, yeah, you need get to get the hell out, out of this here as soon as possible <laughs> so, That's awesome. are so, we being filmed <laughs> no i wish i would have had a camera back then you know it's like this that could have made a movie of this you, know? you can't you can't just go make this up yeah, you know it's it's not, this, this is a trip from hell <laughs> so and you haven't even gotten to the race yet. No, we're we're still on the border of Iowa. We haven't even got the Cedar Rapids yet. You know, <laughs> maybe so, we'll have that on uh, Chuck Smith Junior. Two point The rest, yeah. Of the yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we, you know, now I'm no, now I know that okay, it's going to be, you know, the radiator is going to be empty by the time the temperature gets here. You know, and I was like, man, we got like. 200 miles to go here so i there's no way we can make it so we filled it up and actually got some more water and had it ready to go sure enough you know maybe 60 miles in she's hot again we slot we put water in it well now i have no water and iowa there's nothing but cornfields and farmhouses <laughs> and that's it there's no like pulling into a little town and gas stations everywhere and that kind of thing and so we finally, it's starting to heat up again, and and I I luckily got to where there, I don't know what the name of the town was, a real old small town, and we pull in, and I go up to the gas station. This is an old gas station. It's got all these old Haviland um, posters up and, you know, Texaco oil cans in the window and look like they haven't been dusted off in 30, 40 years. Kind of giving me a <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> some guy comes Wrong out with, five. Bib, yeah. <laughs> with bib overhauls on. And, you know, <laughs> no. How can I help you? You know, and I'm like, well, can we get some water? And he's, well, you know, that's expensive around here. And I'm like, pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> 
expensive? <laughs> and yeah, you know, I mean, how much you got? And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> and so I'm like, Andy, you got me. I don't have any cash. You got any cash in the wallet? <laughs> this guy a couple bucks, you know? And I'm like, are we in Mayberry RFD here? Or what? <laughs> just left the nut house. Now I'm over here getting charged for water. <laughs> So oh, man. we we get some water. We gave him like 10 bucks, got the water in the car or the motor home. And all right, let's take off, um, start heading down the highway again. And we actually got a little bit further, almost to where our turnoff was. And I totally blew it. I was like, that was our turn. And I'm to go north to go to Cedar Rapids. And I missed it. And by then, we are all just covered in dirt and black from working on it. And, you know, we haven't slept and we're mad. We're, you know, we've been to the nut house. We get charged <laughs> for water. Bumper fell off. Things on fire. You know, I, I, I had it. I was like, we're, I seen this opening about another maybe half mile down the road where the, it had a pretty good dip. And I mean, the ditch was probably good 12, 15 feet in between the highways but i could see where you know state patrol guys had been turning on it i said hold on <laughs> and about 50 mile an hour i just swung out in front of the traffic and over that ditch and the car and the motorhome come up off the ground and <laughs> and i made it on the other side so it was like we're going there man this is on the goes. highway get yeah. the heck out of my way i don't care <laughs> and i did cut in front of a few people they were slamming on the binders and stuff i was like, i don't care <laughs> at this point you guys don't understand so um but shout yeah. out iowa huh <laughs> yeah. shout out to iowa <laughs> yeah but uh we ended up turning around got back on the highway to the north and we we pulled up to cedar rapids and to the track and they're already qualified they're done they're getting ready for the first conce main it's like six o'clock and we're not we just pulled up to the track and as soon as I shut it off, I mean, steam just poured out of the front of the motor. People are running over. Same thing. Here comes a guy with an extinguisher. Man. No, 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 no. We're, we're good. We're good. What's with you people in Iowa, man? We're, we're good. We don't need the extinguisher. It's just steam. So they let us in the pits, and um, <laughs> we get there, and oh, my God, it's like, we missed everything. So they said, well, you know, we'll let you go ahead and start from the, in the concy, but you got to go to the back. And by the way, you got to be either number, either first or second place to make it to the main event. I'm like, Oof. Oh my God, haven't even been to the track, haven't practiced, you know, I'm filthy black. We're all covered, you know, in dirt. And, and so Thank God that Greg Carroll and Detcherelli were there because they came over and helped us, you know, get it off the trailer. And I was climbing in the car as they're pulling, pushing the car off the trailer. And I, they're already starting to put the cars out on the track. And it's like, all right, we're just going to go for it here. I got nothing to lose, right? You know, after all this has happened, I said, <laughs> that's, I came here for this. We're going to at least run the Concy, you know. So, but I ended up starting dead last and we ended up winning it. And wow. And made the A main, and because I didn't have a qualifying time, um, they made me start from the back. And I think I want to say there was like thirty, maybe 
36 cars or so in this race and Cedar Rapids a half mile, kind of like, uh, uh, a hairpin type, uh, uh, track or a paperclip type track. And, um, we started dead last. I made it all the way up to ninth and, uh, uh, I think Ed finished like second or third, second, I think. And, uh, we had a good night. I mean, uh, everybody was happy after that. We had a, another funny part of it during the, uh, it was a hundred lapper. So, you know, you can't make it on most of the cars were on methanol. So we had a stop at 50 laps and they let you go in the infield. And my buddy Woody, um, <laughs> he's there and he, you know, we pour get fuel in the car. Well, I couldn't get it started. So I'm like, you gotta push, you gotta push. And, uh, Woody, he great guy, uh, he's, passed away here a few years ago but uh he uh he's got a good sized beer belly on him and <laughs> he's in the middle and everybody else on the outside's pushing the car well i told him hey Andy says when this car goes and fires it's gone so you need to you know let her go well he didn't let it go and i drug him probably <laughs> 20 30 feet <laughs> he's hanging on the bumper and they're chasing him yelling let go let go. You know, and he looked like a whale oh, out of water. Man. Was rolling. Wasn't know? this a televised race too? Yeah, it was a televised oh, race. No. It was on cable. It was a Tuesday night and it was on their local cable channel. So they got it on TV, on cable, <laughs> me pulling him. And <laughs> so Andy's waving at the ambulance guys and they're over there laughing. So then they finally said, we better go check this guy out. You know, he looks like he's hurt. He's just laying on the ground like a walrus, you know. And, and uh, so they put him in the ambulance, and he was, I mean, he had super road rash. I felt bad. <laughs> but we told him, let go, you know. Yeah. You know, everybody's yelling at him, let go, let go, you know. But I don't know how more simplistic it could be. We were pushing a car, and all of a sudden it starts pulling you. Yeah. Like, let go. <laughs> Uh, my death grip goes to nothing at that yeah, point. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not bouncing my chin off the concrete just because I want to I make think, sure you're going. I think he did get his chin too. I, <laughs> I, I don't know if they stitched it up or not. But Man, he uh, he. But you know the the half the fans that when they came back, you know, after the race was over, and they came back to the pits and stuff. I mean, they were. That guy was funny, you know. I mean, pushing <laughs> your car and holding on, you know, they got the biggest kick out of that. I can't even imagine what the people thought when he was on TV. <laughs> so it's probably on YouTube somewhere. We're yeah, gonna go search for it. That. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't doubt it, you know. I wouldn't doubt that. But uh, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, quite the thing. But you know, we did such a good job that you know finishing ninth. Um, there was a guy in the crowd and there was probably, I mean, this track had, it used to look, was an old like horse track and they had that, the stands were still the same from the horse track. And there was probably 20,000 people that night at the track for just Damn. this race. I mean, that's all they had was just this modified show. And so uh, a fan in there uh, came down and talked to us and he said, I, you know, I, Heard your story about, because they did announce all the trouble we had coming to the track and that the radiator blew up and we barely made it and all that. Well, this guy owned a radiator shop down from the racetrack and said, you come over here tomorrow morning, get that radiator out, give it to me, and I'm going to fix it for you and get you home. 
And the next day we went over and got the radiator out, gave it to him. He fixed the radiator. I'm trying to give him some money. And this guy's going, no, you don't want any money. Go buy him some beer. <laughs> so, so I was like, seriously? And he's, yeah, go buy him some beer. I said, what kind of beer? Schlitz. <laughs> I was like, do they even make that anymore? <laughs> like, so I go over there. I think it's like $4 a case you know, for this, for Schlitz. And I got him two cases and I'm getting ready to go pay. And this kid come up to me and he goes, I know you. And I was like, I don't know you. And so he goes, <laughs> no, I saw you last night on cable TV. You're the dude from Colorado. And I was like, oh, my God, you people really get into your racing, don't yeah. you? And, and, and they did. I mean, it was incredible how the fans were that much into it. I mean, you got 20,000 people on a Tuesday night for – yeah for this race and 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 there were a few you know I, uh schrader was there and um a couple other guys with the big trailers and you know federal parts on it and all that jazz so you know it wasn't your you know you're just your you know it'd be like similar to the, to the modifieds today you know when you got them in spears and mav tv it was that kind of a show back yeah. then you That's know awesome. so but yeah that was our our, our trip from hell and Got the water pump on the way home blew up, so we oh, had to pull over. Not even over. Yeah, we we spent six hours at the Napa store and getting the water pump, and pulling it apart in the parking lot, and putting a, putting a water pump on, make it I, home. I can only imagine what Grandpa's reaction was when you rolled up. And his, What'd oh, you do yeah. to my motorhome? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Where's the don't bumper? Even ask. Yeah. Where's the bumper? Yeah, I you're gonna even, fix that. I don't even care what the story was. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, that's yeah. That was I, I. I remember you telling us that story, you know, quite a few times. And and when we were going to have you on, I I really wanted everybody to kind of experience that because it's just it's something like you said. It, it was something that you just can't believe. Like you can't make that up. So, no. uh, but yeah. So thank you for that. Um, and <laughs> that then we're great. gonna we're gonna get into the. I know that took a little while, but bear with us, everybody. We got some great questions coming up here but i'm going to pass it along to jake now and uh you can hit him up with your questions yeah uh thanks dad again for for joining us and yeah that, that was a funny You're story welcome. i we always love hearing your stories and like brandon said we could have a Ch cheat and chuck podcast version 2.0 and still keep going with all these stories so oh yeah that'd have to happen, <laughs> that might have to happen. maybe we'll get ed vetch on here and there get, you get vetch on joel star and and yeah. we'll keep you busy yeah you. exactly but uh my questions here um out of all the drivers that you've raced against, CNS, I-70, 25, Cedar Rapids, other track states, who, in your opinion, out of all of those tracks and race car drivers, was the best driver that you had the best battle with? The one battle that you could say this was the guy I battled with, what what would be that battle? Um, well, I mean, going to um, the out-of-town races, they were – they were all really good drivers. Um, you know, you had, uh, guys from top guys from each state or area, Midwest or South or Florida, um, Texas and what have you. So they were all pretty good, but I, I would really probably say my, the guy I liked racing the most would probably be, um, Jerry Robertson. Um, he, he actually taught me a little bit. Um, from his driving style. I mean, he, uh, he, he would race you side by side. We'd never touch and we could go back and forth and 
side by side, pass each other. He passed me and, and, and do it over a period of laps where we never touched and, you know, put on a good show. So, and, 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 you know, I learned from that too. So um, I, I think probably Jerry would probably be my answer to that one. Um, and, and he was a good driver, you know, I mean, he went on to, um, you need to get him on the show one time too. I mean, he was, uh, all the way up into, um, with that furniture row and started all that and, you know, got in the Bush car and, um, he, he's been a great, great, uh, driver. And as far as I'm concerned, so. Yeah, definitely. He's always been one of those namesake drivers of CNS. And like you said, just helped start the race team and the cup series for the furniture row and ran a couple cup races out there and great guy to just talk to, you know, him helping us with our car a little bit, you know, great guy. So appreciate him and, and thank you for that. So, um, kind of leading into the name of our podcast, the old cheat and Chuck. And, you know, every time you, we hear somebody talk about you or come up and see you, they're oh cheat and Chuck. How's it going? So, you know, we've talked and I've talked to many different people that you, even though your nickname is cheat and Chuck, you've been tore down. I couldn't tell you how many times you've told us how many times you've beaten, you know, uh, torn down because they thought you were cheating. And every single time. And I've had even Joe star this weekend, tell us that no matter how many times you got torn down, they never found you cheating. So if you never got found cheating, <laughs> how did it really come about your nickname being cheating Chuck? Well, um, getting tore down it, it got so bad that my crew chief at the time when we were really getting it constantly he already had the tools in a cart he was already in the tech area before i even got off the track because he <laughs> knew we were going to get tore down but um you know it it's uh i never you know did anything did i work the gray areas oh yeah i mean if it's not in the rules and it says you can't you know it's not in there it says you can't do it i'm gonna take advantage of it you know that's i, I think what racing's all about is being racing. able to to find something that somebody else doesn't have and you know if you're you, you know when you get to the point where you're equal like we used to be um you know back when we had the grand american modified rules where you had a uh, limited motor and 390 carburetor spec motor and all that you got to find every little thing you can that's gonna help you win and at that time you got five six eight guys that are just as fast as you we've done we're all doing the same things you got to find one thing that you can get to take advantage of being faster than those guys and and we did i mean we we looked for every nick and cranny under the rules and worked the gray area and i think that kind of uh got some people a little upset but uh <laughs> you know not illegal about it but you know i mean we just took our time to do that you know and i think the the funny part about it is is when we finally got tired of getting tore down we started tearing down people with us and here i'm being the legal guy and the guy that's pointing the finger at me tearing me down is it is illegal so yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i'm cheating and he's beating me he's gotta be cheating you know so cheating more than me if he's beating me because i'm already cheating <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you know i think that's kind of where that kind of came about but uh you know we, we never i mean as 
many times as we got tore down, they never found anything. In fact, we had one time where uh, Bruce Betts um, swore up and down. I, I don't even know how rumors were flying all week long that uh, Mike Garrison, my engine builder, uh, had taken we had a Edelbrock performer manifolds on the spec motors and somehow I don't know how but somehow we took it and we completely redesigned the inside of this manifold and made it look like it was stock and all this jazz and so he tore me down they looked at it and it looks the same as this one right here you know and I said well I said I'll tell you what you think that that manifold made me go so fast. I said, let's swap. You take the one off your car. I'll put it on my car right now. You put your, mine on your car right now. And we had the bolts on the intake for sealing. So CNS put their little seal on it on both of ours and said, see you next week. And I said, you better beat me. <laughs> and we came out that next week. And I think I even went a 10th faster with his. So I said, I'm keeping it because you're cheating. <laughs> Beat you with your own stuff. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, so and I think it's part due to you is the reason why they don't allow people to ice their fuel anymore either. Yeah, we, you know, uh, <laughs> that was another gray area. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of gray areas that they kind of like finally caught on to that yeah. they don't allow anymore because yep. of your ass. Yep. Now they're in print, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they, they ought to put a little asterisk, you know, cheating <laughs> Chuck next to it. You yeah. Know? Um, but yeah, the the ice and down deal. Thanks for old Mike Gigenbacher and Arbor Liquors that he had there. I'd pull in before we headed to the track, and he gave me like twenty bags of ice. <laughs> and we iced it all down. The fuel, the uh, you know, we'd get done with practice, and we would completely drain the motor of water. I had Pepcocks on the block where I could just drain it drain the radiator we put ice on the on the intake on the valve covers on the motor on the radiator and got it so cold and then filled it up with ice cold water and we changed the jets put ice cold fuel in there and we went out and qualified and we were always a tenth two tenths faster than everybody in fact it got to the point where uh, i remember a guy across from us um they would get their lawn chairs out and they'd sit down, they're like, well, we're going to watch the Ch Ch Chuck Smith show here, you know, and they'd get their lawn marrows and lawn uh, chairs out and sit down and, and uh, stare at us like, what are you guys doing over there? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I'm going faster, you yeah, know, I'm so winning. I'm winning, you know, but uh, yeah, that's how that came about. And, you know, now it's like, yeah, can ice down motors and, you know, and that's something that NASCAR does all the time. I mean, before they qualify, they got actual machines, Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, they plug into the cars that cool the motors down, you know, and the uh, cylinder becomes cold and at its best performance when it's cold. So it's perfectly round. So you're going to get best cylinder pressure out of it at that point. And, and that, you know, it's not one big thing that, that, makes you fast it's it's 20 little things and you know if you can combine them all together you know that's what's gonna get you going on the track is is doing all the little things and and having the you know the want to go do all that a lot of guys just you know like they did they sat in their lawn chairs and just watched you know they knew they weren't going to beat us anyway so um <laughs> can't beat them join them yeah, yeah. exactly exactly <laughs> so not not many people did it I, I i think i was the only one out there other than you know 
uh, I know Corelli had a, he had a machine, I think for his car that they, they actually did it plugged in into the car, but there weren't many people out there that did that back then. <laughs> yeah. So they always got to try something different, right? That's right. You know? So, well, good. You know, that, like I said, we were all wondering how you got that name. And so there you go. So, all right. Still I got, with, still with me still today. With you today. Yeah. Everybody still does. You know. Everybody knows you that way. So, <laughs> uh, all right. So I got one more question before we hand it off to Brandon. Years back, George did that nice little portrait of you of, of all your cars from the bombers, your 102 car to, you know, the 99 GAM that you finished off with in your career. And uh, out of all of those cars between the bombers, sportsmen, and the mods, of all those car designs, what was your favorite car? Not just what to drive, but the fa your favorite look of the car. Oh, oh the favorite look one. Um, was probably um, the red and white uh, number two car where I had the n number two actually on the back quarter panel. It was a um, design I had seen in, I don't know, some car magazine, the paint scheme of it. And Woody, who was a good friend of mine uh, when I owned my shop, he had a shop next door, body shop. So we really took time to put the paint scheme on it. In fact, that whole body we had bought from um, Speedway and um, we put the body on ourselves. That was the first time I'd ever done it. And then he painted it and we painted the wheels to match and all that. So it, I think that was my favorite one, that red and white. Um, I know a lot of probably every, a lot of other people say no, but that, that was, that one was my favorite car as yeah. far as looks, you know. Well, I was going to say, we'll have to, uh, for our listeners, so they can see that car, I'll have to uh, get on our Facebook page and and post a picture of that specific car so everybody can see it. Well, yeah, say, we sure. still have like four boxes of his hero cards with that car. Yeah. So we might have to just, if you want one, we'll have to bring <laughs> them out. So that I way still got them. I'll yeah. Yeah. sign them for you. Yeah, there there you, go. Go. you can get some autographs from an old-time driver. So, mm -hmm. oh, good. All right, Brandon, we'll uh, go ahead and ask dad some questions here yeah absolutely well uh thanks again for being on and um i've definitely learned a lot being around you in the last couple of months getting to know you better and uh just glad we could do this so i'll lead off with uh i don't know the total but of your 40 something wins 40 plus wins which was the most memorable for you and why um the most the one that really is the most memorable would be um it was actually a trophy dash and uh, I had won the trophy dash, and it happened to be um, Father's Day. And the thing that always happened to me for some reason when I'd win, I'd have the El Jabel Shriners or uh, something like that for I never got the trophy girl. You know, everybody else win. They got these trophy girls out there and all that. I got the El Jabel Shriners pulling up <laughs> little motor trike things, you know. And I'm like, man, I, I missed again, you know. But on on Father's Day, I'd won the trophy dash, and Jord uh, comes walking out with the trophy on the track. And I'm like, what the hell? And That's awesome. Yeah, and – um Joe come run up and he goes, he got picked for the trophy boy tonight. And I'm like, Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, trying to hold back the tears there, you know, when he just come on over and get the picture and everything. But I got one hanging on my wall actually at home. And I got here. 
I got the yeah. same one hanging up yeah. in, in, in my office here. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, that was the most memorable one, you know, and, and he's there and he's holding the trophy. And I mean, you can't ask for anything better than yeah, that. Father's absolutely. Day, your son comes out, you win the trophy dash, and he's taking the picture because he's the trophy boy. It's another one you can't plan that, you know. Yeah. So, oh, I just remember sitting there, you know, because he had to go down as a tro- trophy boy. Because back in the day, it, we got there so darn early, you know, we'd always be there at like noon, I think. And so when we would go up to the front ticket office, you know, you just always ask him like, hey, can I be the trophy boy for the day? And then you'd be like, yeah, or no, or whatever. And then just that day I got picked. And so, you know, when they when they got the races going on, you have to kind of stand down there by the flag stand, be ready to go. And I remember standing there with my cousins and everybody else. And he's leading the race. I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, my God, this would be so cool. Cousin looks over me. He's like, he's going to win this damn race. I'm like, I know. I could see it. And sure, shit, yeah, cross the start finish line. And, I mean, we're jumping up and down and screaming and yelling. And, yeah, I just remember walking around the track and being like, hey, Dad. And he goes, what the hell are you doing here? Like, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. kind of shocked. I'm like, that's my boy. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was a great moment. That's, that's one yeah. for the memory bank. Oh, yeah, yeah. that was, that was a, t- a top one so no that's cool that's awesome uh well i got uh, one more for you here and then uh we'll let you get off here but if if we could uh let's get let's say get an old timers race put together in any class out at cns which class would you want to run in and who's the driver past or present that you'd like to trade paint with or uh, get some revenge out there on <laughs> um, <laughs> uh well, there are a couple of guys out there for that but, um, starns <laughs> yeah, uh, I got punted a couple times there that cost me some champion championships uh, on the second to last night. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, I I would I'd want to be in the modifieds again. I think that's for all around car and fun to drive and exciting. And you know, I super late models are great. Don't get me wrong, um, but. You know, I, I just, there's something about those modifieds that just, you know, the fans like, the drivers like. I mean, I know a lot of guys that were in super late models that drove modifieds too. So I would say the modifieds. And if I was going to probably be in an old timers race, I definitely want Vecherelli in there, my buddy Ed. <laughs> you know, um, we we could bang doors and, and still keep them straight and, and, uh, I think that would be a lot of fun um, going up against him and, and having some fun. Um, you know, he's one of them guys you just kind of got to know him um, to race against him, which I did back in the day. I mean, me and him actually were uh, pretty good friends and, and yeah, yeah, you know, he had his moments and stuff, you know, and, but uh, if, if you, you know, raced him clean, he'd race you clean and, and, you know, I, I never really had any issues with them, but it we did bang on each other quite a bit. So, <laughs> um, but you know, it was all in fun, and uh, you know, we had a good time, and um, I enjoyed racing with him. So, I, I'd love to go back out there and, and get in a car and, and you know race against him, maybe even Jerry and a few of the other ones. So, yeah, that would be a good time. Yeah, I think, I think, I think they need to do it. Exactly. Know? I was just about to say, CNS, let's yep. do it. 
Mm-hmm. They do it with the you know the cup guys every now and again. Let's let's do it. That'd be that'd be cool. Yep, because there was quite a few guys you know that were good drivers in that class you know back then. And yeah. uh, somebody gave a call to Corelli and get his butt back on. I, I yeah, would exactly. you know if you you called him, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't say, "Hey, come out." He'd come out for just that race. You know, yeah, that'd and be that cool. would be cool. That would be cool. That would definitely be cool. Right on, man. Well, that's all I had. So I guess I'll give it back to George here. Yeah, I mean, thanks for coming on. I mean, we could seriously sit here for probably, <laughs> yes. which I think we'll definitely have to have a Cheatin' Chuck Smith 2.0 podcast because there's yeah. a bunch of things that I I know we could touch on. You know, from your from the couple of wrecks that you had, the one where you had to be flight for life and stuff. Um, you know, there's a multitude of different stories that we could sit and go through. But you know, from me, Jake, and Brandon, especially your two boys here, I mean, we want to thank you for coming on. We, yes, uh, thank you, you know, we, we appreciate everything you did. It was a lot of fun growing up. Um, you know, it was a lot of weekends. You know, back in the day, it was every weekend we were at that racetrack. It's not like it is now where they do it once or twice a month. It was every nights. twenty-four nights. Jeez, you know, yeah. we were there every single weekend cheering you on. Yep. And and I loved it. Growing up around the race car, you know, we'd go through the middle of the week, uh, you know, especially those last few years. You'd get done with the race Saturday night. We'd have only Sunday with you. And then yep. Monday, we were back at the shop, tearing the car down, redoing it, going through all the way till Thursday, and then Friday, getting it prepared, and then Saturday, back at it. So I know <laughs> I, I can't speak for Jake, but I know we had a lot of fun doing it, and obviously we're doing it again. So you made a long-lasting effect on both of us because we would <laughs> be doing it again if you didn't. So Exactly. Yeah, so, so more, I, I think I'm having more fun now than I than I did when I was driving. I mean, it's it's been uh, it's been great for me to get back out there, and you know, I've been craving it for years. And um, but I think going out there and watching my boys and my son drive, and and you being there helping him, and you too, Brandon, as well as uh, I even had Jerry um, Robertson come up to me and the very first night, kind of gave me a slap on the shoulder and said hey you know good job and isn't this more fun than driving <laughs> you know and i said you know honestly i said i'm i said yeah i'm having a good time with this i, I i'd rather do this and watch my son and he goes he said the same thing he goes i'm having more fun than i don't even want to get in a car he goes i want to watch my son and help my son race so um that's where we're at and i'm going to keep doing it yeah yeah well, i'm i'm having a time of my life and see you from the stands watching and, and you racing and I've always wanted to do it. And for you to give me that opportunity this year and, and everything, I, I can't thank you enough. So it, it's pretty cool to be in the, in the car and in the seat and having you guys watch me. So it's, it's one hell of a time right now. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And like I said, I uh, got to know you a little bit when we were kart racing, but definitely got to know you the last couple months here and learned a hell of a lot and always try to like a sponge, you know, try to absorb with, with someone like you that has all that knowledge. I'm always trying to soak that in and you're going to be a busy guy with all the race cars we got coming. Up the shop, <laughs> yeah. So. We're going to have two or three of them coming up. Here shortly, so. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, yeah, thanks. That. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. This is going to be a good one and I'm excited for everybody to hear it. Awesome. I appreciate it guys. Yes, all sir. Right. All Talk right. to you later. Talk to you Thank later, dad. You, you bet. All right, so that was a great segment there with uh, with Dad and learn a little bit more about him. But uh, we're going to get into our closing thoughts here next, and uh, we'll have Brandon announce our next guest for next week. But uh, I'll go ahead and start us off here with the closing thoughts. You know, uh, ARCA race, that was fun to watch. Continue to go out and watch that race every single year. 
Uh, had a great weekend of uh, racing. Like I said earlier, uh, the rain stayed away enough for at least us to race. Again, some stuff happened at the track, but no malicious things happened. Uh, you know, hopefully everybody can get their cars back in order and, and back out at the track and, and have some good, fun, clean racing going forward. And uh, I also want to thank all my sponsors. I haven't done this in a while, and I, I apologize, but I do want to thank all my sponsors, Great Frontier Insurance, Mike Dowling for supporting me, uh, Raising the Bar Exteriors, uh, Aaron Barr, thank you for supporting me, uh, TR Sandberg Construction Incorporated, uh, Troy Sandberg, thank you. And my grandma, Sandy Kaiser, uh, all you guys, all your support and help putting us on the racetrack every week means a lot to me and my race team and my father. So thank you guys uh, for all that you do. And uh, we'll pass along to George for your closing thoughts. Yeah, I, that was that was fun. I love sitting and chitting, chatting with that man because, yep. I mean, I can't tell you how many nights that I've sat with him with beers in our hand and just going through all those different stories. So it was, uh, yeah, it's, exactly. it was quite the experience to be able to share that with everybody, but, uh, look a week ahead. Um, we're not racing next weekend, so I'll probably be doing housework or something. <laughs> so, yeah, so just looking for a good kind of a down week, really, uh, get some things done around here. Uh, pay attention. We got, you know, we got NASCAR coming we back. Do have so, yeah. time. Uh, I know it's been a long two weeks. It feels like so. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, checking road that course. out. Yeah, the road course. Yeah, back at it. It'll be interesting to see how they perform being off a couple weeks to see if any of the, the the other teams, you know, spend a little bit of time maybe doing some R and D, catching up a little bit. So I, I don't know. The second this last half of the season here is going to be pretty interesting to watch. But uh, but yeah, I, great racing this weekend. A lot of fun. Love being out at the track, especially yeah, like you said, the ARCA race was. I, I thought it was awesome. I'm I'm sitting there with my daughter. She's freaking out because it's so darn loud, and I'm just <laughs> screaming like a ten year old kid in the freaking candy store. Yeah, let's get it on. <laughs> so, it was awesome. So yeah. Uh, so I hope everybody has a you know great upcoming week and can get out to the track and you know support any of the local tracks i-76 speedway i-25 um you know intermountain honor speedway you know get out go support your local racing um it's good family fun good family fun good good play to taste your kids and and let them experience some exhilaration rush a little at least a little bit for a couple hours so brandon what do you got yeah, I second all that, and I just want to say thank you guys for getting your old man on here. It was a great time, and like I said, I enjoy being around him and learning everything I can, and I, I think the people will enjoy this episode. But like you said, uh, Jacob, we have another guest, so we appreciate everyone chiming in and saying, hey, we want to get on the show. We're, we're trying. We can only, uh, for now, do one one episode a week uh, just with everyone's schedule, but we'll, we'll get you in there. We promise. But, uh, the next one, uh, I think we've brought up his name a couple times here. The number 94 late model driver at CNS Kyle Morse will be our next guest uh, for next week. He's agreed to come on and he's looking forward to it and been in, in the works for a while, like some, some of the other guests we have planned, but excited to have Kyle on. He's another, uh, longtime driver out at, at CNS and just kind of growing up in the sport like Chuck was. So, uh, We'll uh, get him on here, and hopefully you guys uh, know him and have seen him, and he's a great guy and pitted next to him this last weekend and uh, got to know him a little uh, a little more. So excited for that and uh, excited for uh, some NASCAR racing. It feels like more than two weeks that they've been off. feels like a month <laughs> or something, but, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. And great episode, guys, and thank you guys for coming on and all your hard work and for everybody that listens to us. 
Yep, definitely. Thank you, you, all the fans. Always fun every week. Yep, thank you, guys. All right, take it easy. Have a great week, like uh, Jordan and Jake said, and we'll uh, we'll be talking to you and seeing you guys soon. Check you out later. Have a good one. Door, quarter, clear, clear. All you, new leader. Checkers are out. Bring it home. Come on. Jacob, Jordan, and myself would like to say thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Scrubbing Tires Podcast. As always, you can find us on Facebook by searching at Scrubbing Tires Podcast. Again, that's at Scrubbing Tires Podcast.